What is going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Trust the Podcast. I am your host, Joe Tooman, as always. And today, I'm once again going at it alone. You know, last night, the Sixers, they got a nice win over the Miami Heat. Very unexpected. Harden and Embiid both didn't play. I didn't get to watch the game, unfortunately. I had some schoolwork I really needed to get done. So I won't be discussing that game on today's podcast. I think uh, next episode, I'm going to have JP and Justin join me. And we're going to go over the, that game as well as the Lakers game tomorrow night. But today I'm doing something different, uh, something I'm very excited about doing, actually. So the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which is the premier 76ers podcast out there, and they put out a March Madness Field of 64 bracket of 76ers process moments. And looking at this list just brought back so many goofy memories, so many exciting memories at, t- at, some, t- at some parts. Uh, some traumatic memories as well. So what I wanted to do today, just as an extra filler episode, just to have some fun with it, I just wanted to fill out this bracket to the best of my ability and decide who I believe is the rightful champion of this bracket. Now, I listened to the podcast that the Race of Ricky Sanchez guys did, uh, and when they filled the bracket out, they had a lot of different uh, results than I did. But this is just my opinion. This is just my bracket. So I'm just going to jump right into it because I'm excited to look at this. So starting off in the Brian Colangelo region of the bracket, we have a number one seed, Sam Hinkie's letter, going up against the 16 seed, Andre Karolinko's feud with the 76ers. So some background on both of these. Sam Hinkie's resignation letter, of course, is what he put out after he was uh, replaced by Dave Silver and uh, re- with the Colangelos, and he put out a very long letter. Uh, talking about, you know, his time with the 76ers, things he expected to see from the team going forward, uh, all kinds of strange antecedents as well. Um, there's a, it's, it's actually, it's both interesting and very funny at the same time if you actually take the time to look through or skim the letter. And it was just kind of a bit of a meme in the Sixers community for sure, but also a bit of a, obviously a turning point in the franchise was Sam Hinkie's uh, departure from the team, the guy who helped start the process along with, of course, Joel Embiid. As for Karolinko, I don't entirely remember this, I'll be honest, but I know it came in the early days of the process when the 76ers, you know, the roster was so poor that they needed to reach the salary floor and they would do trades like uh, acquiring guys and waiving them uh, on high salaries just to get their salary up. But they wanted to play the young guys. Andre Karolinko, I believe, is one of those players, you know, the Nets. He was on the Nets. Uh, I think the Nets tried to get rid of him. 76ers trade for his salary. And I don't entirely remember this, but I, I I assume what happened, if I remember correctly, is that 76ers waived Karolinko and he he wanted to either stay with the team or he wanted more of his money back than he got. And it just created a, you know, a strange, awkward situation between the 76ers and a guy who was never going to play for them in the first place. But I think the easy winner here is Sam Hinkie's letter, and that's going to advance to the next round. Now, looking at the 8-9 matchup, this is, I think this is one of the, uh, the most undervalued seeds in this tournament. The confetti game should be higher than the eighth seed. Uh, the confetti game, of course, Boston Celtics 76ers playoff series in the 2018 playoffs, the Sixers' first trip to the playoffs in uh, over half a decade. Uh, the process, this is when the process was really heating up. We were starting to get the results we wanted, made the playoffs. And, you know, Marco Bellinelli, who was here for that playoff run, uh, got bought out by the Hawks, joined the team. He made a three-pointer, and we thought it gave us the win in that game, but his foot was on the line. So they rained down the confetti thinking the three-pointer is good, but really we go to overtime instead. It's only a tie game and we lose to the Celtics and we wound up getting eliminated 
in our first trip back to the playoffs in the second round by Boston. This was a Boston team that had Kyrie Irving, but he was injured. So this was rookie Jason Tatum, second year Jalen Brown, uh, Terry Rozier on a crazy run, just upsetting a team that they shouldn't have been able to beat. So it was a really crushing moment uh, for Sixers fandom and really started the trend of weird playoff exits for the Sixers that, as we know, went on. A ninth seed here is just B-ball Paul, Paul Reed, you know, um, iconic, an iconic role player. I think every, every Sixers fan absolutely loves him. The energy he brings, the whole got out the mud thing, uh, especially during his rookie season was a ton of fun. Uh, his Twitters, if you look at his old tweets when he was younger, they're, they're funny too. Me and my friends have definitely laughed at them in the past. It's a travesty what Doc Rivers is doing to him right now, playing washed up Paul Millsap, washed up DeAndre Jordan over him. But hopefully one day Paul Reed, just like guys like Rashawn Holmes that I campaigned for in the past, I'm campaigning for Paul Reed to get more minutes somewhere in the future. I hope it works out. So, but the confetti game for me is an iconic Sixers moment uh, for all the wrong reasons, but it really started the new era of Sixers playoff basketball. So I'm going to advance it to the next round. Now going into the five twelve matchup, Furkan Korkmaz's game winner against the Portland Trailblazers going up against vegan Jaleel Okafor. Uh, apparently Jaleel Okafor, I guess this was in his second or third season. Um, I think it was his third season with the Sixers. Actually, you know, he wanted to get in better shape. Uh, wanted to play better, so he said he was going vegan. And as we know, Jaleel, uh, that move for him did not entirely turn his career around. So as for Furkan's game winner against Portland, I believe, if I remember correctly, this happened during the 1920 season, the bubble season, but before the bubble. I think it was around December, January time. And I remember uh, Justin Ischinger, who he was on the third episode of this podcast. I hope he's coming on for the next episode as well. I just remember him calling me as soon because he's a huge Furkan Korkmaz fan. He FaceTimed me right after the game. He was screaming his head off. So I will always remember that shot. It was a really funny moment, but really an awesome moment during that season. Um, so I'm going to advance that right here. That was a great shot, a really fun moment for, for a weird, dark Sixers season uh, with the whole Al Horford situation being the highlight of that season for the issues we had. That was a bright spot. So going to the 413 matchup here. We have Brett Brown's accent. I mean, if you follow the Brett Brown Twitter account, the parody account on Twitter uh, of Brett Brown, he they they type the his tweets out as if he's speaking in the Boston accent. Like they put H's on the end of some of the words. It's great. But what's even better was Brett Brown himself. Like just in the post game interviews, I, I remember my dad used to. He loves watching the uh, the. He would love watching Brett Brown's post game interviews. He just got a kick out of listening to the guy. I did too. And I, I always like Brett Brown. I mean, say what you will about him, but he helped turn this team around for sure uh, with all the years he put in here during the process. Uh, going up against Carl Landry getting MVP chance. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Carl Landry spent one year here, uh, come, came over in that amazing Stauskic trade, which I'm uh, – oh, that is in this bracket. I'll get to that later. You know, it's a funny moment, but I don't, I don't think he can advance it. I got to advance Burt Brown's accent here. Now, going up next to the next part of the bracket, this is a weird matchup. I'm not entirely familiar with really either section here. Uh, we have Tony Roten Hardwood. So if I understand from the Ricky Sanchez podcast, what the, what they were talking about was the idea of Tony Roten slapping the hardwood um, on defense, which something he never actually did in games, but they were saying the idea of him being a floor slapper would be really funny. I would have to agree. I always loved Tony Roten. Um, and then going up against Chris Humphreys playing for the Sixers in a pre in the preseason. Um, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know why it's in the bracket. So I'm going to advance Tony Roten here. 
Um, I miss Tony Roten. I wish he didn't get hurt, and I wish he was it would have been able to make an NBA career for himself, although he couldn't shoot threes. But nonetheless, I'm going to advance Roten here. Uh, coming into the 314 matchup of this bracket, we have Zaire Smith's allergy. We know about this. This is an iconic moment. We could have had Mikhail Bridges uh, as part of this Sixers core. What a great asset that would have been. Instead, we trade back five picks. This is when Brett Brown was forced to be the general manager after Brian Colangelo was fired, uh, which, of course, we're going to get to at some point in this bracket. Um and, you know, we get Zaire Smith instead, and he has some injuries. But more importantly, he has a peanut allergy reaction to, ses- to Sesame Seed at some point, at some point uh, coming into his rookie year. Misses almost his entire rookie year, comes back for the final six games. And then his second year in the NBA didn't have anything to do with his allergies, but he just didn't make it on the Sixers. And I guess, you know, he's out of the league now. He's not even in the NBA. So it's kind of a what-if moment for him. Um for sure. What if moment for the Sixers as well with the drafting of him instead of Mikael Bridges. But yeah, just an iconic Sixers moment. Just such a, like with all the stuff that happens to Sixers rookies, like getting hurt, you're like, oh, nothing could get worse than Embiid missing two seasons. Embiid or Simmons missing his rookie year. No, it got worse because this this was like, could have been a life-threatening uh, situation if things weren't handled properly. So I'm going to advance that. Oh, it's going up against Paul Millsap is a Sixer. Once again, kind of like Chris Humphreys, I don't get the significance of it. I get this is a tor- the the brackets based around the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, uh, and Spike Eskin had a bit of a goofy reaction to Millsap becoming a 76er, but I mean this is an easy advance for Zaire in my opinion. Now this is a great matchup right here. This was so I stared at this for five minutes. I didn't know what to pick. We have the Color Star Saga. At this, the seven seed going up against Ninja Headbands at the number 10 seed. So, the Color Star Saga, I'm going to try and explain this as best I possibly can because I don't think a lot of people really know unless you listen to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. So, essentially, the 76ers partnered with this brand group called Color Star and they were talking about the, like the Facebook metaverse was like part of their thing. And they wanted like you to come join the metaverse and they partnered with the Sixers. But then they like for whatever it turned out like that the they kind of weren't a real business, I guess. Like the person who was in charge wasn't like a real person. I it's very confusing. What I would suggest you do if you want the full picture is go in the Race to Ricky Sanchez podcast feed, scroll back about a month, and you'll find three or four episodes about the Color Star saga. They cover it throughout a week or two span. It was, it was actually so fun. Like I was crying laughing at the one episode. It was just such a funny thing, such a bizarre situation. And that's all I can really say about it. Cause I'm not a hundred percent knowledgeable about it, but that's what I, what's, that's my takeaway from it. But I have to advance Ninja headbands here because I get there the lower seed. I understand why the color star saga is funny, but the Ninja headbands, man, Mike Scott, the Mike Scott hive, Jimmy Butler was wearing them, you know, rule, rule number one, JJ Redick cannot be, or was it TJ? Oh man, I can't remember it so long, but I, it might've been TJ. TJ or JJ was not allowed to be part of the headband club though. Um, and Mike Scott would be wearing them when the Mike Scott high was at its peak, Jimmy Butler when he was here. So that was a ton of fun. Ben, I think Ben even wore them one time, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it, it was just a funny like a cool, a cool little like branding of that team. One of the things you remember about that 18, 19, 76 year squad. So I'm going to advance the ninja headbands here. And then going into the 215 matchup, we have this is another one I'm a little confused about the gay parking attendant. 
So I was listing the the Rice Ricky Sanchez guys fill out this bracket. Uh, I guess this has something to do with like a gay parking attendant that had some confrontation with Brian Colangelo. I looked it up. I was reading a little about it on a Reddit, like a Reddit thing that came up. I'm not entirely sure uh, who should win this because they're going up against the 15 seed Choo Choo. If you know who Choo Choo is, this is the foreign 76ers, uh, an overseas player Sixers took late in the second round of like the 2014 or 2015 draft. And you know, his name's Choo Choo. Like, like, come on. Like, so he never came over, of course, but it was just a funny person that the Sixers drafted. I'll advance the gay parking attendant guy, uh, the elderly gay parking attendant, but even if I'm being honest, I don't totally understand um, what this is all about. So moving on to the, all right, you know what, looking at the bracket here, I, I, I was hesitating there for a second because I'm just looking at, there's so much to do and I really want to cover all this. And I know I'm going long already. I'm already over 10 minutes of this, of this podcast. So I think what's going to happen here, this is going to be a drawn out process. This is going to be like a one week, two week extravaganza. I'm going to finish this side of the bracket right now. I think one episode will be devoted to a to the next the next side of the bracket, the Hinky region. One episode will be devoted to the Elton Brand region, and one episode will be devoted to the Mori region. And then in that final episode, I will go through my final four and pick the champion because this is just too much. I want to. I really want to cover everything because it's so. There's so many funny memories coming through on this bracket. So I'm just going to finish up this Brian Colangelo region and move on. So going into this round of 32, we've got one seed Sam Hickey's resignation letter against the confetti game. I'm picking the confetti game here because Hickey's resign, and this is an upset, and I understand a lot of people might disagree with this, but the, the, the Hickey letter, yes, it's interesting. Yes, it has some funny tidbits in there, but the confetti game is like something I can, for me at least, because th- that happened like my – Freshman year of high school, it was the first NBA playoff run I had ever, like, watched. Because, like, I started watching the NBA in the fifth grade, 2014. And, yes, I, like, watched the playoffs, but my team was never in there. And this is just a moment that will always – I'll always remember the confetti game. Because, like, I was getting, you know, my first playoff run that I get the witness. Of course, I was hyping my guys. Well, oh, we're going we're gonna to go to the finals. We're going to go to the Eastern finals at the very least. Marco Bellinelli, Ursanelli, Sova, TJ. We got a good bench. We got good starters. We got a good young team. But like, just a crushing and and hilarious way to lose. Like you throw the confetti on the court and you didn't win the game. Just and then you lose in overtime. So I'm advancing the confetti. Uh, as for the Furcon Korkmaz, uh, the game winner of Furcon, the five seed, going against Brett. Brett's accent, the four seed. I'm advancing Brett's accent. It's just. You picture any time of the Sixers from 2013 to 2019, I guess it is. 2020, actually, because Brett Brown was fired after the 1920 season. You hear the voice of Brett Brown. He's the coach. He's the face, not the face of the team, and beats the face of the team, but he is one of the major players in that era. He's a major consistent point, and I got to advance his accent here because I just can I can hear that right now. I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, looking at the... Next matchup, we got Tony Roten slapping the hardwood going up against Zaire's allergy. Zaire's allergy wins this. I'm sorry. Tony Roten, love the guy. But in the grand scheme of things, like the Zaire thing was just so much stranger and so much more important because Tony Roten was during an irrelevant. We were rebuilding Zaire. Like he was supposed to help 
the current iteration of the Sixers. He, he would be on the Sixers right now playing minutes, you would hope, if things had gone right. It didn't. So I got to pick that. And then gay parking attendant. <laughs> I don't even understand what that is. Uh, going up against the ninja headbands. I'm advancing ninja headbands because just like I was saying, like kind of like the confetti game, but on a more positive note, like I can just picture Mike Scott wearing that ninja headband uh, saying, I ain't no bitch, like all that stuff. It's just a great part of Sixers history, especially in the regular season portion of that season. And I'm picking the ninja headbands. Elite eight confetti game versus Brett Brown or no, sweet 16. My bad confetti game versus Brett Brown's accent for the same argument. I just point for, put forward picking the confetti game here. I think it's a real standout moment for the 76ers. Um, so I'm going to pick that over Brett's accent. Brett's accent got two rounds here, solid performance, but I'm going to go with the confetti game. Uh, then we got Zaire versus the Ninja headbands. This is tough. I, I, I will be, this is a hard one to pick. I'm going to go Ninja headbands though, because happy. Ha- I want to, I, the way I'm doing this bracket, as you'll see, as I get to my other regions in later episodes, um, I, I, I want to gravitate towards good things. Like, so the ninja headbands. Now, if if a bad thing is just so encompassing that it has to be taken over the good things, I will pick it. But for this case, I'm picking the ninja headbands over Zaire's allergy just because the ninja headbands are good. It's a happy member, you know? No one wants to think about how Zaire almost died. Like, that's terrible. So finally, Elite Eight. This is to go to the Final Four. Like I said, Looking for happy things, but if a moment is so over-encompassing that you have to pick it, I'm going confetti game over ninja headbands. Because ninja headbands, I love it. At the end of the day, they're just they're just an accessory that the players wore. Confetti game, that's a real moment. That's a real tip. That's just the start. That's the start of the Sixers playoff runs that would traumatize us for the next four years. Hopefully not this year as well, with Harden now in town, but I'm sure you know the other three playoff runs I'm referring to. I'm sure you're very familiar with it if you're listening to this podcast. So the confetti game was just the tipping point. So confetti game gets to the final four, and that's going to wrap up the first episode of, I guess, a four-part series that I'm going to be doing before the end of March Madness. Uh, I'm going to try and get these pods out. Like within the next, like I'm going to try and I might even tack the next uh, region after my podcast at the end of the podcast with Justin and JP come Thursday, because I really want to get this done. I don't want to be doing this after March Madness is over. I want to get it while it's timely. So, but that's going to wrap up the first region, the Brian Colangelo region, the the normal collar region. Uh, Confetti game makes the final four. So make sure to stay tuned for the next episodes of the podcast, because I hope this was fun. I hope this was interesting to listen to, to look back. Um, Might've gone a little long here, but just be happy I cut it into four episodes here because it would have been a lot longer if I didn't stop it here. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify if you haven't already. Uh, and other than that, go Sixers and have a great rest of your day.